Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. We are your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Oshamut Zeta Pinkavichin. We've been mastering secrets of organ playing for more than 20 years and sharing them on this blog since 2011. On this show, which we create from our home in Vilnius, Lithuania, we strive to help you grow in every area of organ playing, including practice, technique, repertoire, sight reading, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory, harmony, and many others. Our hope is to help you become a complete musician, or what we call as total organist, a program which we have created to help you reach your dreams faster than you would do on your own. If you are new here, we invite you to subscribe to receive free updates of this blog at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video on how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. And now let's go to the podcast for today. Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Usha. Let's start episode 332 of Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. Uh, this question was sent by Steven and he writes, Good morning Vidas, hope all is well with you. Thank you very much for your helpful podcasts. Today and tonight I accompanied several choral numbers and performed a few hymns and Campras Rigodon at a very large venue out of town on a very large pipe organ. I'm nearly 70 years old, my memory isn't all that bad anymore, but it's not quite as quick to store information as it used to be. When I perform at the organ, I'm finding it necessary to say treat a good deal more than I used to. I was familiar with the music and the instrument, but hadn't performed it there in about 15 years and was given only about a month's notice to get things prepared. The instrument is fully playable with electro-pneumatic action, but has a few quirks, most noticeably a very deep key fall with stiff action and on the pedal keys and very weak manual key springs on where the slightest touch makes an electrical contact to pull pallets. This can cause a lot of strange notes to enter when they shouldn't and leads to a lot of mistakes when playing the pedals. It's like your hands are playing um, on a soap bubble and your feet are playing in mud. I practiced the music beforehand every day for two weeks, three hours a day, to the point where my bottom was even sore to sit on the bench. Last night, due to the excitement, I was unable to get a restful night's sleep and kept waking up every hour knowing I had to get up very early this morning and leave in the dark to get there on time. I believe I practiced too hard for too long as I know my playing is much better than what my listeners heard today and tonight and to be perfectly honest I was disappointed with myself worst I've ever done by the time I finished tonight it felt like my mind was brain dead rebelling against details and I felt exhausted practice is necessary and good but too much of a good thing can also not be so good or so it seemed to me today 
On the way home, it occurred to me that this could be something you and Osha might address in a possible podcast. As many times, we don't practice enough, but we can also overdo it the other way, too. By the time I played the closing hymn tonight, I was too spent and worn out to even sight-read the notes anymore and made many, many mistakes. I played this same hymn hundreds, maybe thousands of times before and knew it forwards and backwards, but my mind just wasn't working. This is not at all like me. I'm thinking a good night's sleep the night before and more moderate practice habits are in store for me and perhaps some advice about how to arrive at the balance this would be helpful to others too. We know we can try too little and practice too little. We can also try too hard which can hold us back. Maybe also we can practice too much. We can get too little rest. A sleep aid might help some of us but then again Something like that could make some of us sleep through the alarm clock and make us make uh, and wake up too late to get there on time. If you could shed some light on how to get in the middle of the road with this, I believe it would be very helpful to others as well as myself. It's hard not to get discouraged when things like this happen to us. Many thanks, Steve. Wow, this is a long story, Osha. It is. Have you fallen asleep while I was reading? No. Okay. It was very interesting. Good. It was interesting to me too, because we all have those experiences, right? When we practice too little and when we practice too much. So I would say, you know, that the middle way would be the best, like moderation in everything that we do. But unfortunately, that not always is the case. Do you think people usually, or most of the time, practice too little or too much? Usually too little. But, for example, for me it's better when, you know, my pieces are not quite ready when I perform them. In that way, I stay more focused. Uh-huh, you because are... if I'm, you know, over-prepared, <laughs> then I'm sort of calmer and, you know, can't focus so much. Less alert. Yes. You're playing like for, for yourself, not like in public then. True. Which might sound a good thing, but it isn't. That's right. Or it might be a good thing, but it necessarily is in your case yes so now it's sort of you know strange that you know Steve was afraid of you know uh, oversleeping you know this event because usually you know if you play concerts we are in the evenings most of them or late at night and that's you know that's the problem for me because I'm not a night person I'm more a morning person and for me it would be much easier to get up early in the morning and you know to play recital early or during the first half of the day but you know when I have to play recital let's say at 7, 7.30 or even at you know even later at night is hard for me mm-hmm. because I'm I cannot you know be in, in good shape so late at night mm-hmm. because I, I never take a naps for example I can't take a nap so 
it's really difficult. What about you? Um, as I understand, uh, Steve was waking waking up uh, due to the excitement last night and unable to get good sleep and waking up every hour, right? Because of the excitement. Maybe he was nervous, uh, felt, felt, uh, it felt, you know, like uh, things might not go well and then he was stressed out. Maybe that's why he couldn't uh, fall asleep and stay asleep. Uh, to me, usually when I play, the night before is okay, the week before is okay, uh, and at this point, uh, even the day of the recital is okay. I no longer uh, feel that my fears uh, are helpful, so I kind of, kind of don't pay attention to my fears. I do feel approaching due date, you know. Uh, even when we are recording this, this is Wednesday, and my own recital is coming up on Saturday. I'll be playing organ works by Teisutis Makachinas, an, a living Lithuanian composer who is celebrating uh, 80 years anniversary this year and uh, he was uh, Oshas and my uh, harmony teacher and polyphony teacher professor professor right so uh, he will be there too I'll be playing three of his uh, large-scale organ works uh, but um, I'll, I do everything I can during this week to prepare myself, to practice better and to be ready. But um, but I know that being afraid of of uh, of the upcoming recital and thinking about it during the night doesn't lead me anywhere, right? So then I kind of. Uh, disconnect a little bit from that feeling maybe that's because I'm I was I've been playing recitals you know for more than 25 probably years well the more you play the more often you perform in public well where you know the easier it gets for mm -hmm. you to do it mm -hmm. because if you are uh, you know <laughs> performing let's say each week, then you could not allow yourself not to sleep a night before recital. Mm -hmm. You would get too many restless nights and you, know, you would ruin your health. So if you have trouble sleeping before recital, I would suggest either herbal teas or if that doesn't help, then probably pills. Consult your physician. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Steve also needs to perform more, I guess in order not to, to have a big deal out of this. Yes, because it seems like it was very big deal for him. Mm -hmm. And that's where all that excitement, you know, came from. Yes. Um, he, he wrote that uh, he accompanied several choral numbers and performed a few hymns. 
and uh, Campras Rigadon. So one solo piece, right, was ki- kind of this Rigodon. Okay. And then he performed a few hymns, which is also not solo music. It's it's just congregational accompaniment. And then choral accompaniment of several numbers. So it wasn't even a solo recital that he did. Obviously, he needs to perform much more and much more intricate music and um, more often and in on different organs that he wouldn't get too stressed out about each and every recital that or performance, right? That would be my best advice for him and others. Yes, and for me, you know, I got the impression that Steve a little bit blamed the instrument that he was playing on mm-hmm. for his, you know, lousy action. I like his comparison about feeling that, you know, he played play pedals in mm-hmm. the mud. I think that's so so human-like when, when anything got wrong or not as, as well as we expected. We sort of are trying to find uh, something to put blame on. Mm-hmm. And for organists, it's usually the instrument. Do you think it's fair? Uh, to blame others? To blame the instrument. Or the instrument. Sometimes instrument. we blame other people. Yes, speech toner, for example. Yes, or the audience, or choir members, or people who make noise, or, or, and you know, construction workers on the street, or anybody else but myself. Uh, so yes, if imagine a situation if Steve could have played well on this instrument without major mistakes and he was happy then his letter might have sounded much different right to, to us than from what he wrote maybe the the action of the instrument wouldn't be a problem then yes yes and for me I got the impression that it was not a problem because you know he worked too much on those pieces before this recital I think it was the main problem that actually he could not rest the night before. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was hard for him, you know, to go through that recital without many mistakes. And as he wrote, you know, that in the last hymn, he could, couldn't could sight read through. Mm-hmm. He made so many mistakes. So I guess he just didn't have enough energy to do left. And that's because, you know, that restless night. Uh, but you know, sometimes we make mistakes, sometimes we don't make mistakes, sometimes we get good sleep, sometimes we don't, right? Things happen and we can't control. And even uh, it's not up to us sometimes, right? And we still have to get up and go to the organ bench and play to the best of our ability, right? That's what we do as professionals. And... Um, well, have you ever played OSHA recital while being sick or feeling sick? Oh, yes. <laughs> Not once. Not once? Yes. Me too. 
And without sleeping, you know, much the night before, yes. Mm-hmm. What did you, how did you, you know, feel or, or how did it go? Well, surprisingly enough that those recitals went even better for me than like regular recitals. Because again, when I wouldn't feel well, when I would be very tired, I would have to concentrate more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Otherwise, I would just know that no, I will collapse on the organ. Mm-hmm. But again, this is your experience of playing more than 25 years in public. Maybe somebody like Steve, while being sick and without rest, couldn't perform at all. Maybe he would be tempted to cancel his performance you know, at the last minute. Well, sometimes I think that it's better to cancel your title when you know to do a slap job. Don't you think so? But you don't know if you will do a sloppy job beforehand or not. Or, you never or know, but if you really, you know, are sick. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends. Illness depends, right? If you have a fever and and uh, can barely walk out of bed, then maybe, then maybe it's better to cancel, right? But I, I also played uh, recitals while having a high temperature and as you say it went surprisingly well but you took a big risk not because I actually didn't care about that recital at all I just cared about your health mm-hmm. because while you know playing with a high fever you might really you know damage your heart mm-hmm. and <laughs> might not be able to perform at all after that you know, I, I knew that before, and um, uh, for that particular recital, this was improvisation recital. On no, it wasn't improvisation no? recital, it was a Christmas recital. Oh, that's you another time. You a Christmas repertoire. Uh, I played one more than once while being sick then. Well, but this was, you know, with high fever that you High played. fever. So then I think I played... Um, uh, without uh, too much tension from myself, you know, conscious effort. Just, I thought I would play just like for myself or t- for you, not for others. And that helped me relax and um, somehow overcome this. Right? Okay, so sleep well, get some rest, get good rest before recital. Uh, and perform more actually perform more in public more often with different Mm -hmm. programs and gradually more difficult programs too more solo pieces thank you guys this was um, very interesting to discuss please keep sending us your questions we love helping you grow and remember when you practice miracles happen this blog is supported by Total Organist the most comprehensive organ training program online where you will find courses for every area of organ playing including technique, practice, sight reading, repertoire playing, hymn playing, improvisation, composition, music theory and harmony with hundreds of scores and thousands of exercises. Here is what some of the students are saying. Hugh writes, the sight reading course has helped me tremendously. Thank you very much for your essays, courses and all your help. Robert writes, 
I found the fingerings, registration ideas and general comments to be excellent. John writes, I have found your download very helpful. It was really excellent. I have watched some of your teaching videos and when I read your instructions. I try to imagine you are worth teaching me. You may feel disappointed that I am two three days behind, but I am a slow learner and I have committed to taking the time to get it right as you say. But the other night my wife commented that she had never heard me play such a detailed melody in the left hand so well. My left hand is generally poor. Robert writes, It has been a great pleasure in my life of having discovered your courses and material as well as the YouTube work of recordings. You have a calm and pleasant way of teaching. Ron writes, Hi Vida Santosha, thank you guys. What a wonderful response to my email note to you. You've got me right, and I feel you understand my level of playing. Yes, at home and lucky that I have an organ for that reason. I am paying attention to this, and I am going to try this haha no longer secret model. Yes, and I love Caesar Frank too. What is very nice about your blog podcast is that Osha and Vidas are like a Socratic dialogue, and by bouncing things off of each other, so much more information comes out and is expressed. Your comments contain a wealth of information and understanding. I really appreciate this. It is very inspiring and will keep us moving forward. Would you like to receive the same or even better results that our students are getting? If so, join them at organduo.lt slash total dash organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to receive free updates of this blog, make sure you do that at organduo.lt. By subscribing, you will also receive free video, how to master any organ composition and 10-day organ playing mini course. This was Vidas and Osha from Secrets of Organ Playing. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen.